Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Rodgers going for it all. Looking to bring it open. He's got it. Snaps it quick, scrambles to his right, pumps and runs, and Rodgers is inside the pylon. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinton Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for the final pre-training camp mailbag. Can't believe it, Glenn. We are just about at training camp. And the Glenn I speak of, of course, is the editor over at JetNation.com, Glenn Naughton. Glenn, can you believe... That we are on the precipice of training camp. Felt like it was never going to get here. You know, I can't believe it. I'm so glad that the offseason is is on its its last breaths. A um, little bittersweet for me, honestly. I was hoping to get out to camp this year. We got credentialed. Uh, Jet Nation will have some folks out there. I, however, will not be able to make the flight out there and... Uh, and, and and attend myself. It's been a few years since I've been able to, but I will be watching as closely as one can from uh from you know thirty five hundred or so miles away. It's wild too because not only is training camp right around the corner, Glenn, but we're only a few weeks away from the Jets' first preseason game because they kick off the season with their game at the Hall of Fame against the Cleveland Browns, and that is the first Thursday in August. Crazy! I can't believe it that the preseason is this close. That is crazy because I, I think I told you we're we're literally in the middle of planning our our summer vacation, and uh, we usually go mid August. And as you're saying that, I'm like the Jets are going to have a preseason game under their belts before I get in the car to drive to France, which is nuts. Um, but but obviously very welcome and, and can't wait for it. Yeah, really looking forward to it. And for anybody who is on the fence about whether or not to make the trip, I highly recommend it. Not only can you go to that game, but then, of course, you hang around, you go to the NFL Hall of Fame, and then you go and see Darrell Revis and Joe Klecko both get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Let's be real about this. This is the first time that two Jets have gotten in in the same year, and I don't know if it will ever happen again. So if you're a Jets fan, this is the perfect time to make the trip out to Canton. And I think there's going to be an enormous amount of Jets fans out there, so it'll be a lot of fun. I'll tell you this, Glenn, I don't know if you've ever been out there for inductions. I went out when Curtis Martin got inducted, and I was also there the year that Emmett Smith and Jerry Rice were inducted because a lot of people believe that's the greatest Hall of Fame class of all time. You've got 
arguably a top two or three running back, and then Jerry Rice, who is the greatest wide receiver of all time. And it is so much fun because it really is like the United Nations of football fans. You've got fans from all over the country coming to see these guys, and then you also will just bump into all these awesome celebrities in the football world. And I say celebrity because it's not just current football players and ex-football players who are there to support their friends that are going in. You will meet members of the media. There are everyday garden variety celebrities there too because some of them are friends with the players that are getting in. And they're all just walking around just like at NBA Summer League. If you've never been to that, I highly recommend that too. I was telling this story the other day. When I was at the Hall of Fame induction the year that Curtis Martin got in, Michael Irvin was there and his arm was in a sling. And so he was walking around and he told everybody, I can't sign autographs because of my arm, but I'll take a picture with anybody. I ran into Rich Eisen. He shook my hand. That was pretty cool. You'll just bump into anybody. Summer League, it's the same thing, Glenn. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I was literally sitting right next to the assistant general manager of the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then I was walking into an auditorium and I was standing right next to Adrian Wojnarowski. You just randomly will see guys walking around. I got my picture taken with E.G. Leon, who used to play for the Nets. Six foot 11. You want to talk about a guy that stands out in a crowd. Even at Summer League, he stood out. So those are really fun experiences. Have to recommend them highly if you're an NBA fan, Summer League. And then, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, I can't imagine you're not a big football fan and not a big Jets fan. This is the perfect time to go to induction weekend and check out the NFL Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, I can't imagine what a great time that is. I'm, I'm actually, I won't be out there for that, obviously. But uh, what I'm hoping to do this year, we, with uh, for Jet Nation again, again, the last couple of years, I haven't been able to because you know, first was the COVID restrictions and all that. But I'm hoping to get out to the Senior Bowl. Um, we've had Dylan Terriman cover it the last couple of years. I'm hoping to get out there with Dylan because you hear a lot of the same stories: agents, GMs, coaches walking around. You go into a restaurant and you know you're bound to see somebody who works for someone, and just uh, which I would imagine is kind of surreal, you know, to just to be in that type of environment. I I got to go to an event one time where. Um, Warren Moon was there and I didn't know that, you know, and there were actually a few celebs there, but he's the one that I always remember because when I was a kid, he was literally my fantasy football quarterback every year, loved Warren Moon. And I go to this thing where I had no idea who was going to be there. I knew there might be some known people and looked like the elevator opened up for me to step off. And there's Warren Moon like stepping out of my way so I can get off. I was like, that was the craziest thing ever. Like that, that was my fantasy football quarterback when I was a kid, but it was, you know, it was like a pro thing. So I had to act like I wasn't impressed that it was Warren Moon, but inside I was like, oh my God, like that. It was the craziest thing ever. Warren Moon is an interesting player because, Glenn, you'll recall, he used to get 4,000 yards back when nobody got 4,000 yards. Really, every year, the only guys that would get 4,000 yards were Warren Moon and Dan Marino. A lot of it was yep. because of that offense they ran, the run and shoot, where it was very heavy on passing at a time when most of the league wasn't playing that way. But Warren Moon was so much fun to watch. He really was that whole offense, you know, Lorenzo White and uh, Ernest Givens and Haywood Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Like that was a really good offense. The uh, the Chuck and Duck, as as uh, Buddy Ryan famously called it, because he <laughs> hated that his defense was always gassed. And that legendary fight between Buddy and Kevin Gilbride against the Jets. Um, just yeah, but that offense was so much fun to watch. A little bit boring. I mean, even when they did run the ball, it was like everything. It was like draw play, draw play, draw play. But they could do that because they dropped back and threw it so much that teams had to defend the pass first. And with that, let's jump into the mailbag. Marco Scapetta asks, got my question on last week and my son Jackson was so excited. Any chance you could shout out one of the newest diehard Jets fans? Absolutely. Jackson Scapetta, thank you for listening to Play Like a Jet. 
Really appreciate it and look forward to having you on board for the foreseeable future. As your father will tell you, it's going to be a rough ride. Being a Jets fan is not exactly easy. Glenn will back me up on this. We've both been Jets fans for a really long time. But when the Jets finally win something, it's going to feel so good. And they're closer now than they have been in a really long time. So this is not a bad time to be jumping in, right, Glenn? I was going to say, you won't find a much better starting point than this for for all the years of mediocrity that Jets fans have had to endure. Um, You know, some great, great young players on board right now. And of course, the Aaron Rodgers situation. So, uh, yeah, not, not, not a much better time to start off as a Jets fan. So welcome aboard, buddy. Marco Scapetta also asks, as a Jets fan, are you concerned about all the restructures that are happening? I understand clearing space to make a run, but kicking the can down the road is a bit scary. Is there a plan here? Or are the Jets going to be looking down the barrel of the dead money gun down the line? I don't think it's that harsh. They really have to get the Aaron Rodgers thing figured out. Supposedly that's going to happen soon, but we've been hearing that for months, so I'll believe it when I see it. But ultimately, remember, the team can roll over cap space that they don't use. So if they don't use the money this year, they can roll it over to next year and help mitigate some of the future issues. If the Jets have a plan in terms of what they're going to do with the cap over the next couple of years, which I hope they do, they've got cap guys. That's what these teams have. You have to figure that they have some sort of strategy here. I'm not really going to worry about it too much at the moment just because, look, you've got that short window and you want to see what they can do. It is possible that it could hurt them. But like I said, because they have all that extra money to roll over, unless they go and spend a ton on somebody that I'm not expecting – that might change things, I guess. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not all that worried because there are some deals they have where, like, I expect, like, next year, I expect C.J. Mosley to get cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if we don't see a massive restructure before that, his, you know, his savings will be $17 million if they designate him post-June 1st cut, and the, and the cap hit is only $4 million. You have guys like Dwayne Brown who could be let go. You have, uh, and really... You know, who knows what's going to happen with Zach Wilson, but he's an $11 million savings next year if he's let go um, with zero cap hit. So there's a lot of guys they can move on from and that'll allow them to recoup a ton of money. Now, you know, who they rework between now and then we'll see. But um, yeah, I don't see I don't see a lot of guys getting restructured in a way that we're going to see enormous cap hits in the future but it it is going to be interesting I mean I think they kind of have to get the Rodgers deal done before camp right they can't have him step on the field with this current deal and get injured from my understanding that'd be I don't think you can rework a deal once a guy's hurt Um, maybe you can I've never seen it so I don't I don't think it's a possibility so I think the goal is going to be to make sure that new deal is done and signed before he takes his first preseason snap play like a jet play like a jet Next question comes in from GGA. He asks, two to three years down the road, should Jets fans be worried about the team being able to retain Sauce and Garrett Wilson considering the huge dead money that they will have from Rodgers and no plan of QB? The no plan of QB, I think, is a little bit more concerning than anything else. Look, when it comes to guys like Sauce and Garrett Wilson, as long as they stay healthy and continue to play the way that they are, you don't worry about retaining them. You figure out a way to keep them, and I'm sure the Jets will. There are guys on the margins that you can afford to let go. It would be uncomfortable, but unfortunately, sometimes some key cogs in the wheel have to go. But those are the types of guys that you go out of your way to keep. 
as I said, as long as they stay healthy and continue to produce the way that they did as rookies, I am absolutely positive that the Jets are going to make sure that they keep both of them, barring something insane like one of them asking for a billion dollars a year or something like that, or one of them turning into Jamal Adams and becoming an incessant baby out of nowhere. I would think that it's not something you would worry about. There are other players you might worry about the Jets keeping, certainly, but not those two. They'll go out of their way to make sure that they don't go anywhere. Yeah, I think you're right as far as those two go. But, uh, you know, I've had that thought. It's, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's far too early to worry about it because you still have a couple years minimum. Um, and at the same time, it is a nice problem to have to think, oh, no, you may have just put together a draft class. that's going to be so good. You may not be able to pay for all of it. You know, my my thought is if, you know, if Jermaine Johnson takes that next step forward and Brees Hall plays the way he did last year. Now, now to me. Now you're going to have three guys, you know, in Gardner, Wilson, Johnson, who are around the same time within a year or so of each other are going to be looking for 20 million a year plus. And then, of course, Brees Hall, where the Jets have drafted a running back every year um, since Joe Douglas came on board. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if that if they get to that situation, Brees Hall may be the odd man out as the bet. You know, we're seeing right now how teams don't like paying running backs. If Sauce keeps playing the way he has, Garrett does the way he has and Jermaine Johnson takes that leap. Those three guys alone are going to be 20 plus 20, 25 million a year plus, And, you know, someone's going to be the odd man out in that class. Next question comes in from Michael Pallas. He asks, let's say the Jets feel like Mekhi Becton earned the left tackle job and one of the young guys gets the right tackle job. How do you think Dwayne Brown would take it? Would he force his way out or do you think he would accept being on the bench? I think he'd have to accept being on the bench. Where else is he going? Plus, he's making a lot of money. If he forced his way out, where is he forcing his way to? I don't know that anybody wants to trade for him at the amount of money that he's making. And if he gets released, he's not going to make anything close to what the Jets are paying him. Because remember, the Jets basically were forced to pay him a lot more than they were expecting last year because of Becton going down and them being somewhat desperate. So I think in that scenario, Dwayne Brown would have no choice but to suck it up. And remember, if you're Dwayne Brown, you sit back there and say, Mekhi Becton earned the left tackle job, but he's been out the last two years with injuries. Good possibility it's only a matter of time. That would be in my head if I was Dwayne Brown. As far as Becton and earning the left tackle job, look, I just don't think that that's all that realistic a possibility, simply because, as you said, if Makai Becton earns the left tackle job, that means that one of the younger guys has to play right tackle or Billy Turner, unless they really like Billy Turner. Now, we've looked at Billy Turner, and he has not really been very good the last couple of years, if we're being honest. He's good depth. And he can play a bunch of different positions. Hackett likes him. Rodgers likes him. So he's good to have on the roster. But he's not a guy that you want as the starting right tackle right off the bat. Unfortunately, that may end up being the case if an injury happens. But the ideal scenario here for the Jets is Dwayne Brown at left tackle, Mekhi Becton at right tackle, and then hopefully Max Mitchell takes a step forward, Carter Warren learns, and the two of those guys become possibilities down the line not necessarily guaranteed starters but at least viable possibilities in 2024 and beyond but for 2023 if you're a Jets fan what you're hoping for is Dwayne Brown at left tackle and Mekhi Becton at right tackle 
Yeah, I think in order for because of Dwayne Brown's cap hit, because of how much he's due to make, I think Makai Becton would have to play at an absolute all world level at left tackle. Um, and I said this a couple months ago or, you know, whenever Becton tweeted out that I am a left tackle that like, look, you might be. And I think he is. But he kind of has to accept the fact that what's best for the team right now mm-hmm. is Dwayne Brown being on the field, which means he's got to be on the right side. And then next year, Becton can possibly be the left tackle. But if if Becton were to win that job. Obviously, you know, as, and as a point of the question is Brown isn't a isn't a guy who can play the right side. I have a really hard time seeing the Jets benching a guy for who's making eleven million a year unless they say, "Look, can we rework you or cut you and bring you back?" Something like something along those lines. I can't see them paying eleven million to a backup, um, and I also can't see Becton winning that job without, as I said, just playing out of his mind at left tackle. I think he's going to be the right tackle with Brown on the left, barring injury. Next question comes in from Sean Stalker. He asks. The Jets ranked 29th in the NFL last year for average time of possession and rarely played with a lead. With Rodgers at quarterback, this could look a lot different in 2023. How big of an impact could this have on a defense that is built to send waves of pass rushers at a quarterback? Enormous impact. Because remember, a lot of times down the stretch, the Jets would wilt last year on defense. I know they had one of the better defenses in the league, but we talked a lot about sometimes on key third downs how they would get themselves into trouble. If they're more rested, and especially the guys that are rushing the passer and having to exert that kind of energy, and the big guys up front like Quinn and Williams, if those guys have more breathers and don't have to constantly be on the field and gas out, That will do so much for them down the stretch. In fact, the reason why Robert Salad does those heavy rotations is because he's trying to keep these guys fresh. There's not as much of a need to do those heavy rotations, although I'm sure he still will, if these guys are getting more rest. And I do think that guys like Quentin Williams, who are 300 pounds, and even guys like Carl Lawson, Will McDonald, Jermaine Johnson, and Bryce Huff, Guys that are not 300 pounds but still very big men and are having to go head-to-head with these tackles on every single play when they're rushing the passer, those guys will be a lot fresher down the stretch of games, and it will help the Jets a lot for sure. Yeah, listen, this is one of the reasons you know that I've, I've said that you know if the corners on this team stay healthy, I've, I see this. I'm totally on board with everyone who says this team could win a ring. I really – I don't think you can underestimate that impact. It's not just about the offense. This defense, it, it's the fact that they are going to be more rested, so they're not going to be as gassed as they as we saw them last year. And they're going to be – you know, if all goes according to plan, of course, who knows what the hell will actually happen. But the expectation with the addition of Aaron Rodgers is you're going to be playing a lot of games with big leads. And so now you have an elite corner duo or trio, really, of you add Michael Carter into the mix with Sauce and, and – and DJ Reed, these guys are going to be playing with leads and quarterbacks are going to have to, they're not going to be able to just, you know, run the ball down the Jets throats all day because they're going to have to drop back and throw it to come back and, and get back into games where we're assuming Rodgers is, is going to stake, to stake them to some big leads. And that's going to give, you know, we talked the other day about this, this Asante Samuel, Darrell Rivas sauce <laughs> thing with production and all that. I think we could see a lot more production from guy from the corners this year because of the fact that teams are going to have to be in position or in situations where they're going to be throwing it and it's going to be predictable and the Jets are going to be able to let the defensive end or the you know the edge rushers the ends let those let those guys pin their ears back and rush the quarterback to make a throw he might not want to throw. So th- that's why I'm so bullish on this team. It's not a matter of being a homer or that it's all about Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers should be able to put this team in position 
to, to, to have some leads and let the defense do its thing. That's going to wrap up part one of the weekend mailbag. Thanks to Glenn Naughton for joining me. We will do part two tomorrow, answering more of your questions. In the meantime, make sure that you check out everything that Glenn is doing over at JetNation.com and JetNation Radio. Follow him on Twitter as well. And check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Some fantastic videos over on our YouTube channel. We've got all 22 breakdowns of some of the players that are key to the Jets' fortunes in 2023, including the newly re-signed Quinn and Williams, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, and so many more, plus an all-22 of a bunch of the Jets' draft picks as well, including Will McDonald, Joe Tipman, and more. All those videos are up right now for you to watch on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. So watch our videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. Perfect time to get yourself a Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, bless you, thank you shirt. Available now. Great way to commemorate the re-signing of Quinn and Williams for four more years. He's locked up through 2027. So get yourself a shirt. Plus, you can also get yourself a Play Like a Jet logo shirt. There's caps, mugs, hoodies, all there at tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.